Testing, testing, one, two, testing. Put your sweet lips a little closer to the phone. Let's pretend that we're together all alone. I'll tell the man to turn the jukebox way down low, and you can tell your friend they're with you. You have to. I've never been able to sing. Jackie is noteless, my mother used to say. Still does, I imagine, when it enters her head. <laughs> Can't dance either. I've no natural sense of rhythm. Not that it matters that much. No great loss to the world, me not being able to dance. Mind you, I would have quite liked to. Well, when I was young. Well. Footed fleetly, not Fred Astaire or John Travolta now. Just get the pleasure of pushing a girl around a dance floor without damaging her feet. Thank you. Noreen, my yes, Noreen, my late wife, would refuse to dance with me. I value my feet too much. Ha ha! I would say back to her. Ha ha! And she'd go off and dance with someone else, and I'd watch her. Greedily. I. Did she. Bugger anyway. Greedily. She loved being alive so much. She loved people, places, happenings. I think she thought I was an old stick in the mud. <laughs> But she loved me. Yes, I, I mean to say. There were things about me that she deplored, of course. Apart from the fact that I couldn't dance, I hate undercooked green vegetables, and I do like to watch a rugby match undisturbed by chit chat. Just ridiculous things of that nature. Just things we could fight happily about. She didn't like country and western. Made her yawn and drift off. It wasn't fun. And she enjoyed fun, and she got fucking cancer. Cancer. She came into my study where I was working, tapping away on my keyboard as I did every day for several hours. I like the magic of the computer. You tap away, and the words appear on the screen, and then when you turn the thing off, they disappear. Screen is blank. And those words lie somewhere, waiting for you to summon them back again, onto the screen. The bastard says I have cancer. I looked at her. I honestly hadn't heard what she said. Cancer. How can I have cancer? It's not in my blood. She was a great believer in what was or was not in the blood. I was on the point of laughing. And I saw her eyes were brimming. I got up from my desk. I put my arms around her. Her entire body was shaking. 
I held her. Her eyes did not overflow. They, they, they merely brimmed. And we stood in silence for a long time, staring. Not at each other, but at some sort of darkness that enveloped us. And then she pushed me away. I think a drink is called for, she said. Yes. Another beer? I just filled my car with petrol. Oh, I mean gas. And I heard music. I was just across the street there. I sat out there in the bench listening and then I... What's the time? Uh, about 9.30. Give or take. See, I like country and western, so when I heard it, I You want another beer? Um, no. I'll have a whiskey. Large one. Rye or bourbon? Uh, no Irish or scotch? That's right. Well, um, perhaps I'll have a brandy then. Suit yourself. Large brandy. Large brandy coming up. Seltzer? Ice? No, uh, just brandy. Thanks. It's quiet tonight. I think so? Well, there's no one outside, no one in here. Well, no one, uh, apart from the two dancers there. It's 9.30. What do you expect? The Great White Way? I was just uh, putting the cap back on the petrol... Sorry. The gas. I mean, the gas tank. Just over there across the street, and I heard the music... Well, it's the... Thursday. He plays on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The couple of old-timers dance. Uh, so I thought this well, was... Well, when he's here. Sometimes he isn't here. This must be where the action is. I like country and western. What's better than that? Yeah, I'll go in. This must be where the action is. The what? Uh, the action. You know? Action? Yep. This is where it is, all right. Tuesdays and Thursdays. When he's here. If he ain't here, no music. People come in and out, but no music. You could buy him a drink. He wouldn't say no to a drink. Would you, Mitch? So? Oh, oh, yes, of course. What'll he have? Yeah. Large bourbon on the rocks. Large bourbon on the rocks, please. Coming up! Yes, that's what she said. I think a drink is called for. We'd never had trouble with speaking to each other, she and I. Words had bubbled and spilled from our mouths. Foolish, wise, angry, loving, whispering, shouting. Kind and sometimes unkind. We never had been at a loss for words. But now, having said those words, seven words, she became reticent. Her thoughts locked inside her head. My head, on the other hand, was filled with questions. And she must have seen the question marks in my eyes because when I came back into the room with the two glasses in my hand, she took one of the glasses from me and her other hand she held up stiffly in front of her like a policeman on point duty. No, she said. No questions. When I want to talk, I'll talk. I don't want questions now or tomorrow or... And as the last words fell from her lips, she attacked her drink. Fair enough, was all I could say. 
We never spoke of her illness again. Even when she lay in her hospital bed, dying, she would take my hand and smile and say, Another few days and I'll be right as rain. And then she was gone. Just a few days later, like she had said. Gone. She didn't even let me say goodbye. Her fingers had been ice cold and she had pulled them gently from my warm living hand. Stay for a minute or two, she had said. And then she gave a queer little cough and died. sat there beside her, wondering where she thought that I was going. I was quite unaware that she had stopped breathing. I was unaware of my own breathing. We were together in a bubble of silence until the doctor touched my shoulder. There. That was peaceful, wasn't it? I was startled by those words. Peaceful? Yes, she's gone. And then I wondered if those words I thought she had spoken to me were really spoken to herself. Stay for a minute or two. Spoken, of course, in her actressy voice. Clear as a bell. Guaranteed to be heard at the back of the gods. She'd been an actress, never quite hitting the high spots, but always in work. They can't do without me, she'd once said to me. People like me are the backbone of the theatre, the foot soldiers. She was happy like that. She had no overpowering ambition to be a star. She never saw herself as Juliet or Joan of Arc, Ranaviskaya or even Hedda Gabler. I tried to inject her with ambition, but she resisted. Leave me be. I'm good at what I do. I don't want stress or anxiety, pain. I don't want to have to learn all those words. I can motor along very well just the way I am. I want you and some kids to motor along happily just the way I am. I've always liked country and western. I won't hold it against you. You have a drink? <laughs> I'm not a drinking man. Thanks all the same. Uh, something soft? What's that you said? Uh, soda. Something like that. We call it soft. Uh, I'll take a rain check. Where are you from? Europe. Yep. <laughs> I guessed as much. English-speaking Europe. I'm not green. Well, Ireland, actually. <laughs> That amuses you? I, I say I'm not green and you say you come from Ireland. I find that funny, man. Uh, droll. Yep, uh, droll would be the word. <laughs> Passing through? We don't get too many Irish people stopping off here. I can't recall one. Well, I thought I might stay just one night. It's the name. 
I just can't resist spending a night in a town called Eureka. End of the world, I'd call it. You lived here long? Man and boy. Never been further along the road than Portland, Oregon. You know Portland? No, no, I'm afraid I've never... Big metropolis. Not like here. No, sir. You should go there and have a look. Farms and wineries all around the place. Yeah, you should go there. But maybe you prefer this kind of silence. Edge of the grave silence. Why do you stay? Hard to say. Habit, I suppose. My wife and kids. My pa lives with us. He's 83. I have a job. This job. I've had this job since I started work. Maybe if I left, I wouldn't have a job. You have to be practical about these things. There's one hell of a lot of people don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. Same with you back home, way back home in Ireland? Ah, it's not too bad, really. A few years ago, it was terrible. It's better now. Yeah, it's, um, it's not too bad. You got a job? You can call it a job. Some people wouldn't. I write books. Sometimes I wonder if it's a job or not. Make money? Now and then. Make ends meet? Just about. It's a job. Thank you. I like country and western. So you said. So I did. Is he local too, the singer? Uh-huh. He lives in a trailer. Comes and goes like them, the, the dancers. He turns up, they turn up, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. So they're local too, the old-timers? They're local. He's a vet. Wow. Does he still practice? He looks sort of old. Practice what? Oh, you know, with animals and... Oh, God. You mean, oh, we do speak different languages. You mean he's an old soldier, an ex-army guy. Uh, sorry, I can be as thick as a board. U.S. Air Force, World War II. He bombed Berlin. Yep, night after night. He'll tell you if you ask him. He has great stories about bombing Berlin. He and the boys. That was before I was born. Yeah, a hero. If it hadn't been for him and his pals, well, they won the war, didn't they? You have to give him that. We win our wars. Sure do. <laughs> he was in Nam too. Well, you didn't exactly win that one, did you? I bet you he's wishing he could be out in Iraq bombing the hell out of those bastards. I think he's better off where he is. No, sir. No, he ain't. He's old. Nobody's better off when they're old. What the heck have you got in front of you when you're old? <laughs> Answer me that. Well, depends on how you look at things. Nothing. Perhaps paradise? <laughs> or hell. Oh, you Irish. You believe that sort of stuff? Heaven and hell sort of stuff? Living in the past, down on the knees, always down on the knees. For crying out loud, isn't it time you stood up and spread your shoulders? Hey, hey, hold on a minute. Think about your own president. God speaks to him, or so he tells us. Uh, you want to take care of what you say. Yeah, a great deal of care. There's some people don't like jokes. Sometimes a joke is better left unsaid. Get what I mean? But I'll tell you something, and it ain't no joke. When I get to his age, and I ain't no hero, 
I don't have any of that hero stuff to look back on, to tell people about, to think about when I'm on my own, not sleeping, that sort of thing. I'm going to want out. O-U-T. I don't want to end up like my pa, seized up. Yeah, all seized up. Look, I I'm sorry. Oh, there's said... no comment you can make. No comment that means a damn thing. He just lies there. Just lies there in the bed, staring at the ceiling. He don't speak. No, no words. His eyes are black with rage. At least, that's what it looks like to me. Even goes to the bathroom in the bed. Get my meaning? Mm -hmm. My wife says she's gonna leave if I don't do something about it. Quick, go! She's gonna up and go! Yeah. I think she means it. Some women threaten you with stuff they don't mean. She's not like that. Do something, she says each night when I get home. Do something! Like what? I ask her. Throw them out with the garbage? Huh? Should be so easy. Can we afford to put him in a home? No, sir, we cannot. Anyway, I say to her, and I've said it a million times, those homes are like prisons. They smell like prisons. Piss and vomit and poverty. I've been to look, and I say that to her. Wouldn't put a dog in a place like that, let alone your father. I can't manage any longer, she says to me, yells to me. I have the house and the kids. It can't be long, is what I say. But then, who knows? Who knows? She says it's okay for me. I'm out of the house. She's there all day cleaning up after him, changing his bed, feeding him, washing him and his stuff. And then the kids come home from school, wanting and wanting, always wanting attention. Food, her time, always yelling at her. Mom this, mom that. Cuts, bruises, clothes need mending, money, please mom, trouble every minute of the day. And the house stinks of old man, of death. She says she's going crazy. <laughs> I know by the look on your face that you're thinking why I don't help. I work, man. Nine in the morning, I'm here, cleaning up this place for the day to come. I don't get home till 11 at night. I have to put food on the table. Uh, I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. No, sir, I'm just, I'm just telling you I don't want to get old. I don't want to lay there, have someone washing me, shoving food in my mouth, cleaning my butt, blowing my fucking nose. Excuse my language. <laughs> yeah, excuse my fucking language. Tell you something, this is the greatest country in the world. That's right. Yep. Ain't that right, Mitch? I'll have another brandy. Thank you. Greatest country in the world, too right. <laughs> Sweet land of liberty. Sweet land of liberty of thee you sing, Mitch. They can't do without me. That was what she said. What about me? I never said that to her, because I didn't believe she'd ever go. We would have kids, and then 
we think about growing old together. Two boys and two girls. That was what she decided we'd have. And I would write a Booker Prize winner and we'd live happily ever after. Such doomed words. Happy ever after. We had no children and I haven't yet written that book of books. Not yet, maybe. Perhaps. Like her, maybe I don't have that ambition. I don't wish hard enough to be the best or even the most read. I just wish to have the time, space and energy to write my questions. My love, my hate, my happiness, my sorrow. Above all, those questions that no one can answer. I suppose you could call my books my prayers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If you wanted to call them anything. I love to see the words springing onto the screen as my fingers patter like rain on a corrugated roof. That friendly sound eases me. After she died, I hate saying those words in case she isn't really dead, merely teasing me by hiding. I lost the energy to write. I would sit minute after minute, hour after hour, staring at the empty screen. It became weeks, then months, and I never heard the patter of my finger rain. I never had ease. I forced myself to be okay in the world. I spoke, I laughed, I went places with my friends, had meals, the cinema, you know, that sort of stuff. I was to all intents and purposes a man who had suffered but was bearing up well. I even heard a friend saying to someone, he's bearing up well. He'll be right as rain in a month or two, just wait and you'll see. Each day I sat in front of my computer and stared at the empty screen. My eyes became heavy and I wanted to sleep. If I did not off, there in my high back chair, she would come and lay her hand on my shoulder. I'd feel a warm breath on my neck. She never spoke. Just stood there, leaning her weight on my shoulder. And I would sit with my eyes shut, hoping that when I opened them, she would be there in reality. Never was. Never, never, never. Morphine and I 
take morphine and then I ring good night I ring good night Good night I ring good night I ring I will see you in my dreams I will see you in my dreams Great song. Thank you. Her name is Irene. Excuse me? Sorry? Whose name? I must have missed something. Her. At home. Like I said, taking care of Paul. Little woman. Better half. We used to dance to that when we was courting, yeah? We called it our song, like it was wrote for us, time ago. Look it, I'm asking you for advice. Is that okay? Well, I, I can't give you advice. I'm not qualified. I don't know you. I'm just passing through here tonight and gone tomorrow. Don't want to leave footsteps in the sand. and Just a stranger. Well, that's why I'm asking you. And you're a writing man. They cover ground. Well... I have two brothers. I, I don't see how this... They left here 20 years ago. They ain't never coming back. They said that when they left. This is a no-hope town. That's what one of them said. Then he put his foot on the gas and whoops. Never seen him since. Might be a millionaire for all I know. Might be in prison, more like. All I know about him is he ain't here. The other sends us a card at Christmas. He's in Venice, Florida. Married, couple of kids. He don't want to know. Send me a card from time to time, he said to me. But no moaning, no whining. I've my own life to lead. I want my own peace. What can you do when someone says that to you, huh? Well, he's your hope. Get him out here. Tell him he's got to help. He might at least send you some money. You want another drink? No, 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 no. Ring him up. You mean call him? Yes, I... Yes. Call him. I can't do that. Why not? You know how it is. No, I can't say I do. I don't have much of this sort of stuff in my life. Well, he... I just... well, Paul, you know, they, they, they don't see eye to eye. No, sir, they do not. I don't see... Well, Paul blew him out of this town. Told him never to come back. Told him he'd take his gun to him if he ever caught him snooping around. And he meant it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He really meant it. Yes, but your father couldn't pick up a gun now. He's too ill. He's dying. That's what you no, said. Oh, there's such a thing as feelings. He battered my brother's feelings. Battered him. Seventeen years ago. Could go down on my knees and beg him to come. But he won't. No, sir. Wouldn't stir. Well, I can understand. Damn fool came back after three years. Never had brains. It was here. He walked in the door there. Just the same as you did. It was a windy night. The wind just blowed him in. Yep. I said, would you look at what the wind blowed in? He laughed. Held the door open and the wind blowed right around the place. Only a couple of people here that night and they turned around and looked at the door. And the wind tearing around the place. And I, and I said to him, shut the door, you damn fool, brother. And he said, in one minute. And in walked this neat-looking little girl. Black as your boots she was, but real pretty. And he says, meet the wife. And one of the guys sitting over there threw back his head and started laughing. 
The girl shut the door behind her and gave me a great big white toothed smile. Real nice. And the guy in the corner kept laughing, and all I could think of to say was, Well, how about that? That's all I could think of saying, but my thinking was, What is Pa gonna say? And I say, Wife? And he says, Yeah, got a problem with that? And I say, Not a problem. And I shake her black hand. I take her hand in my two hands, and I shake and shake. It's as clear in my head as it was then. Her warm little hand between mine. And she takes her hand out of mine and says, I'll be needing that. And we all laugh. Everyone laughs. Good night, ma'am. Good night, sir. See you Tuesday, then Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday. Sure keeps you young, that dancing. Better any day than being home alone. Till Tuesday, then. Thank you both. Yep, a real gentleman. You'd never think he killed hundreds of people. Germans, would you? Yep, hundreds of them. You should hear him when he's in a talking mood. A few drinks and he's away. Most of the time, though, he don't speak. Just dances with her. Don't speak to her, either. What'll they do now till Tuesday, the pair of them? <sighs> They'll be okay. They'll sit home and watch TV. 24 hours a day, 7-7. There's always something to take your mind off life. We got 130 channels here. Mostly crap. One day she spoke to me. Brief and to the point. No love words or sighs. Just a feeling of slight exasperation in her voice. Why don't you get up off your backside and cure yourself, she said. Just that. And disappeared. <laughs> I was a bit cross, I have to say. After all. Well, I had no right to be cross with her. I do see that now, but... Uh, my mother comes in the door, right on cue, carrying a cup of tea. Ah, that was her cure for everything. She put it down in the desk beside me. Working, she asked. Thinking, I replied. Well, there's a cup of tea. Thank you. I drank some of it. I knew I had to. <laughs> I knew my mother. Hundred out of a hundred for persistence. Tell me she said, her voice to all intents and purposes soft and gentle. How many pages have you written in the last three weeks? I drank some more of the tea. I'm fifty, mother, I said. Well, if anyone knows your age, to the very minute I am that person. And I have to say, I'm sick to death of looking at you moping around the place. It's none of your business. Well, it certainly is my business. Your well-being is my business. You have me worried stiff, and I don't like that. 
I like my life to be serene, stress-free. I'm too old to be worried stiff. Too old. So I must ask you to stop moping or get away out of my sight. If you have nothing to write about, will you go and find something? She stamped out of the room, leaving me and the computer, staring at each other. Both, unfortunately, empty-headed. <laughs> Diseased, maybe. That made three of them against me, I moaned to myself. One of them, albeit a ghost, and one a computer. I switched off the computer, put on my coat and wrapped a scarf around my neck. As I crossed the hall, I could hear my mother rattling around in the kitchen doing yesterday's washing up, no doubt, or sorting out the coloured shirts from the white ones. What do I have to do to be left alone, I shouted, as I slammed the door. I don't think she heard me, but probably she did. She has a way of hearing everything, even things you haven't said aloud. Bloody X-ray ears, I say to her, and she laughs. laughs. She's alive, and the other one is dead. Noreen also used to laugh at my bad jokes. We never got round to having those babies. I was never all that keen. But now I regret it. Yeah. Yes, I do. Maybe if we had those babies, she mightn't have died. She might have fought harder. Sure you won't have another drink? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I guess I better close up then. Get home to Mrs. Trouble. Six months dead she is now. Bloody cancer. I'm just driving around the world. You gotta do something. Anyway, I should be getting on. But you haven't finished your story. Uh, what story was that? Don't have no stories. Uh, about your brother coming home. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you see, I knew just what would happen. So I say to him, You go along home, my man. I'll follow you down when I'm finished here. Clearing up and all that stuff. I won't be long. I say to him, and, and I shake his wife by the hand. Pleased to meet you, ma'am. I say nice and polite, and she smiles her big pretty smile. A real pretty babe. So they go along, and I clear up real slow to give them time with the old man. Only he ain't as old then as he is now. Seventeen years ago it was. Oh, and I was just about to get married myself to Irene. Remember it well. Fall it was and the leaves blown from the trees and the cold sting in the night air. I got married in November 1988. Yep, <laughs> that was it. Ain't ever seen my brother since. I wanted him to be my best man, but he wouldn't come. He wrote me that Paul would shoot him. Anyway, I went home that evening and found Paul sitting in the kitchen watching TV. He didn't say nothing when I went in. I pulled up a chair sat beside him and I, I said nothing for a long time. He was watching a game and drinking a bottle of Bud. At halftime I said, well Paul? And he said, well what? <laughs> Though of course he knew just rightly what I was asking about. Did they come here? Who? Tony. That's my brother's name. Sure he came. 
banged on the door, and I opened it. And there he was, standing on the stoop, and I said, Hi, son. And he said, I brought my wife to meet you. And I said, I don't see no wife. This is my wife, he said. And I said, I don't see no one. You can come in, son, on your own, because I ain't planning to have any nigger bitch in my house. Paul, he said, and I held up my hand. No, Tony, no talking. If you come back, I might have to get my gun out. I don't want no nigger in my family, and I don't want no nigger grandchildren either. So I reckon you ain't in my family anymore. And I slammed the door. That was that. Game started again, and we sat and watched it in silence. And when it was over, he yawned and went to bed. And he never mentioned Tony again. So you see. Yes, I see. Look, I better be on my way. Where are you sleeping? I think I'll move on. I just stopped for petrol. I mean, gas, and I heard the music. I like the name Eureka. Great name. I thought I might stay a night. Depot but Bay. That's the place for you. Half hour's drive, just along the road. A bit more life there than here. <laughs> Not as good as Portland, but more life than here. Half an hour. When I left the house that afternoon, I went straight to the nearest travel agent and bought myself a ticket to America. I'll hire a car, I thought to myself, and get lost. Greatest country in the world, they always said. Home of the brave and the free. I'll drive from New York to New Orleans, from Chicago to San Francisco, through Washington, Denver, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Seattle. I'll drive through prairies and the Rocky Mountains, black mining country, along wide, lazy rivers and gorges. I will see waterfalls and huge redwood trees and bears, eagles and buffaloes and hear wolves calling out at night. I will ride on the streetcar named Desire and the Chattanooga Choo Choo and dance with Fred Astaire and Judy Garland. I'll go to the Little Big Horn and the Alamo and watch Indians walking softly in their moccasins, leaving no trace. Such sights and dreams. I'll do all the things that she and I might have dreamed of together. Yes. And when I get back to the great Atlantic, once more I will come home. Back home, a new man, clean and fresh. And you. Well, I'll say goodnight then, and, uh... Thanks. Yup. De nada, amigo.
You've been listening to Goodnight Irene, written by Jennifer Johnston. Enda Oates played the Irish stranger. Roger Gregg was the barman. Music was by Clive Barnes. Sound supervision was by Mark McGrath. Goodnight Irene by Jennifer Johnston was directed by Goretti Slavin.